How is everybody doing? Welcome to episode 11 of the Throw It Deep podcast. It is February 8th, 2021, the day after Super Bowl 55, and so Tom Brady just owns the world now, I guess. Yeah, um, my first reaction, the first thing I want to say is I am shocked and still shocked, and I don't think I'm not going to be shocked for a long, long time. This, to me, in all of sports, um, I was actually just kind of making this note to uh, in our group chat earlier, or just recently, like think about all of the, like the big letdowns that you've thought of, of teams and whatever. And I can only think of like Ronda Rousey getting knocked out by Holly Holm or like Germany winning seven to one against Brazil. This was like, and I knew, I, I knew, you know, the bucks are a great team, but for the chiefs to lay an egg like this was just like shocking is the only word I can really use. Yeah, it, it was shocking. I, I think kind of even on this show, I think both of us said, either side we don't see a blowout but you know if we were told before the game that there was going to be a blowout I don't think either anyone really would have guessed that the Chiefs were going to get blown out so obviously those injuries on the Chiefs offensive line affected them more than we thought they would yes um and I made this I made this note in the last show that I thought you know when Bakhtiari was out for the Packers that was like pretty big JPP getting a lot of pressure now with um, Eric Fisher out, um, I didn't even know this before the game, but it was noted, you know, we know this now. Um, they made a lot of changes on their offensive line. They, just, they didn't just plug and play a left tackle. They moved a lot of stuff ar- around their line, and that was prominent early, and it lasted the entire game where, I mean, a play would start, and then Mahomes is just running in the backfield in circles. And it's yeah, like- I think – I think Mahomes had, if I'm remembering the stat right, he had 56 dropbacks and he was pressured on 29 of them, which was the mo- which was the highest pressure percentage I think in an NFL game since like 2009. So, so this was this so was pretty that, unprecedented versus Super Bowl. So that stat since 2009, 2009 was when they started uh, collecting that, that. Yeah. So it's so it's it's probably you know it's probably a lot longer than that. And if you're going to ask a quarter, any quarterback in the history of the sport to, you know, scramble around in the backfield and make a play from that, it's going to be either him or Russell Wilson. And listen, Patrick Mahomes can do the backyard football stuff all day long, and we've seen it throughout his three years of starting football games. But when you're asking him to do it on, you said 29%, or that's half of his dropbacks, where, and again, more, than, game more than half, half, yeah, more than half of his dropbacks, it, it's not going to happen. And I mean, this was probably the poorest performance of Mahomes' career. I don't want to say it's his fault. Uh, yeah, I, like before, before, before we get into the whole Mahomes thing, I, I do want to give Mahomes a lot of credit because you know if you're just looking at the stat sheet, you would say, "Wow, Mahomes laid an egg and he played awful." He had to run 497 yards on his dropbacks to escape pressure. He ran 500 yards during the game just escaping. You, you pressure. found that stat somewhere. Yeah, that, yeah, so that was another one of those next-gen, like they haven't been tracking it for a while, so it goes back to 2009 or whatever, but it's probably a lot longer than that. He ran 500 yards, five football fields. I mean, I, again, in the second half when when plays wouldn't develop, and that was, the, that was the thing, and I think they kind of started to realize that way too late in the game where it's like, and the Chiefs have this big explosive offense where they're going to try to find Tyree Kill downfield, and they're going to try to find any of the other receivers they have or Kelsey you can't develop these plays when your offensive line isn't giving you any help. So we had, and they didn't really make an, didn't make an adjustment in time. They started to make an adjustment later in the game where Mahomes was dinking and dunking the ball. That's what they had to do all game long because there was that much pressure by our next thing. To me, the real MVP of this game 
was the Bucks' defense. Of course. I mean, oh, my I, God. I, I really thought that we were about to see them give the MVP to the entire Bucks defensive line or something like that. I, I didn't think – not, not that Brady wasn't deserving. He had a great first half, and he really didn't need to do much in the second half. So, like, if you're going to give it to one player, I guess it would be Brady. Maybe you could say Devin White or something like that. But there was no real one player on the Bucks defense that, that kind of sh- – it was, it was them as a unit. And that's kind of what – kind of unsurprising of a, of a Tom Brady-led team that they really won – Won a championship on all three phases with all three phases of the game. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, it's not like yeah, again, not like Brady played bad. The the, the offense not bad, obviously when the MVP three, three touchdowns, but the offense just kind of had their way. They had an offensive game plan, and then they just kind of went went in, and there was nothing crazy that had to happen. And I thought maybe a turning point might have been when they got stopped at that the goal line. Which, by the way, why are you running the ball with Ronald Jones three or four times? But that didn't even matter because the, Chief, the, the Chiefs won in the first half and so many penalties that some of them might have been, you know, who knows. Yeah, let's, all right, let's, let's get that out of the way now because it is a narrative that people are going to talk about with this one, the refereeing. Uh, the one that I think the Chiefs have a real gripe with was the pass interference on Mike Evans, that tipped pick. Uh, that, that was a tough call. That, I mean, I didn't, wasn't the worst call ever, but, you know, it, it was – not great, and obviously that uh, that gave the Bucks the ball back, and then they get stopped for a field goal on that same drive two plays later, and they never really showed a good angle of the side. It looked like they lined up offsides. They called them offsides, so obviously, and then Brady throws a second touchdown to Gronk, and at that point, not the game, not that the game's over, but with the way the Bucks defense is playing, it, there was just nothing the Chiefs could do. So yeah, like. I will say I a string where there were a lot of questionable, maybe if so penalties, but again, there are some, a lot of those were penalties and the chiefs kind of shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times where they really like, these are breaks that you need to get to win a game. And I guess we're going into halftime 21 to six, like, uh, maybe. Yeah, so there were, there were four pretty controversial calls. There was the one to Evans on the interception, which was a bad call, yeah. the lining up off sides on the field goal. And then the deep, uh, the deep pass to Mike Evans, which I also thought was a I fine thought that play. was a bad call as well because if you kind of look at the play back, um, kind of flopped. Uh, if you, I mean, if you look at it in slow motion, most pass interference are going to look like flops. I, I, I don't think he actually. I don't think he actually flopped, so I think he fell. So I had no issue with that call. And then the one that people really had an issue with was the one on Honey Badger, Mike Evans in the end zone at the end of the half, right before the. Um, I can't remember who scored from the one-yard line. Antonio Brown. AB, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was one where I kind of thought you could say it's uncatchable, but the reason the ball was uncatchable is because Tyron Matthew completely stood in the path of Mike Evans and he couldn't get to the ball. Mike Evans is like six foot five and has as big a reach as anyone in the NFL. If he had, if he was anywhere near that, that ball's not unca- that ball's not uncatchable at all. You could make the argument maybe it should have been a legal contact and not pass interference, which I think is a 10-yard penalty and would have put them, I guess, at like the five instead of the one. They still would have passed the ball. They still would have scored, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, so, you, uh, I mean, anyway, there are, there anyway. Are penalties here where if this was a much closer game, you could maybe point at and say, look at that. What if this happened then? Whatever. This game was 31 then. Take those at the end of the day, at the end of the day, take the penalties out. Yes, they they kind of made the game not as close 
early on. Uh, but like they didn't, they didn't change the outcome. They, I think, I, I don't think anyone's really going to dispute that. They definitely did not change the outcome of the game. The Bucks were going to win this game with the way they played last night, pretty much no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, out of the gates, I, I was kind of. Um, we all kind of have seen the stat where. Brady Super Bowls have have low low scoring first quarters. Yeah, this was the first time uh, in all ten of Tom Brady's Super Bowls that they've scored in the first quarter, a touchdown at least. Yeah, and um, so the first three drives were kind of slow, slow, and then this is a moment I was telling you about earlier before we went on air. I um, when they had that long first drive that capped off with the with the um Gronkowski score, I walked to the bathroom. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, is this really going to happen? Because this entire time with this this whole Brady Bucks, you know, run, we're thinking, oh, yeah, like this is crazy, but they're not going to actually do it. They're not, he's not going to actually win a Super Bowl his first time in, in um, first season in Tampa Bay. And that's the moment where it, be, where it became apparent that it was it could happen. There was these this long methodical drive. They followed it up with another one. They got stopped again with the whole Ronald Jones thing, which I, I don't understand why you're running the ball with him six times. Yeah, that could have really, I mean, if that could have cost them the game. That could have cost uh, them the game. So, but, but yeah, I mean, you brought up the Brady Gronk thing. You brought up the Brady Gronk thing, and I'll just address it real quick as a Patriots fan. That first touchdown, uh, I, I was I was emotional. I was I was a little upset. Not upset. I was excited. I was happy. Obviously, I was rooting for the Bucks. I've been rooting for the Bucks this entire playoffs. But just to see Brady to Gronk in the Super Bowl in another uniform, it it, it hurt my heart a little bit. Even though it, even though it was awesome to see, it was like so awesome. But at the same time, just really bummed me out. But you know that is what it is. And it was obviously I was rooting for them. I was very happy to see Tom win. I'm wearing my Tom hat today. Uh, and yeah, it, it was just tough. It, it was a tough night as a Patriots fan, but at the same time, it was it's great. Sweet, maybe. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but I, I think of what I've heard of a lot of Patriots. And obviously go to school in Syracuse, a lot of people from the Boston area. Um, it, it, one depends on who you ask, but I think from an outside perspective, looking in, it's gotta be bittersweet seeing these guys that you bittersweet is definitely the right word. Yeah. You grew up loving and whatever, and then they leave and then they win and you're happy for them. But it's like, wow, you really should be wearing Navy or white right now. Here's the thing. I haven't actually encountered any Patriots here. I don't actually know a ton of Patriots fans. I'm from New Jersey and I go to school in Alabama, but I haven't encountered any Patriots fans who have actually said that they've been rooting against Brady all year and didn't want him to win. But if that's your mindset as a Patriots, I mean, how can you think that Tom Brady has given me Super Bowl? I mean, Tom Brady has given me more joy. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski have given me more joy really than any human being on planet earth can, can <laughs> say. So like for to not to root against him unless he's playing the Patriots which we do play Tampa Bay in New England next year. That's going to be an awesome one. We'll 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 talk about that in the offseason. Really yeah, I mean like unless they're playing the Patriots, I, I can't even fathom the idea of rooting against Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't understand why that's just salty at that point. Like you just, I think Belichick was. I bet Belichick probably didn't want him to win. Well, that's different because there was. I mean, they haven't really come out and said anything. And I think that maybe twenty years down the line, when the Patriots and Brady documentary comes out and it's the last dance, um, but for football, uh, we'll probably get a little bit more into the intertwining, you know, inside scoop of that whole thing. But there's definitely a yeah. breakup there. So I. I, I that Belichick uh, 
you know, he has a different perspective than just the Patriots in general. Yeah, you brought up the ESPN Last Dance documentary thing. I, I was uh, scrolling Twitter last night. I came across a little verbal meme for you here. It was like uh, ESPN. Here, Tom, we want to make a, a Last Dance style documentary about you, about all your Super Bowl appearances. It will be nine parts. And Tom's, <laughs> it goes, Tom Brady, hold my plant-based protein smoothie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he went back to a tenth and he did it again. And I... I, I can't even think of the words to say. Uh, I personally, I thought in the fourth quarter last night, we watched Tom Brady pass Michael Jordan as the greatest athlete in sports history. That's, I mean, I, you call me biased if you want, but seven Super Bowls is infinitely more impressive. Six Super Bowls is infinitely more impressive than six NBA championships. This, we this is like if Jordan had won with the Wizards when he came back. Yeah, and you made that point last night, and I, and I, I agree with you. It's obviously the Bucks have been given – or not been given, have garnered a lot more than the 2001, 2002 Wizards, who Michael Jordan was like the only, like they weren't a good team. And to be fair, he had been out of the league for what, like three years already at that point. So like, it, it's obviously a different situation. It was in a basketball podcast, so we don't, we don't know the, the exact <laughs> things on that. But it, 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 he went to another team after being with the same team for his whole career, and he won a championship. And it's not like that, you know, well – Say what you want. Obviously, the Bucks have a great team around Brady this year. They were a seven and nine team with the same personnel last year. The I one, wouldn't say the same personnel, but the, why? Not, did, not exactly the same. Why like, do yeah, they have Gronk, better personnel? Why do Gronk they? Caught two, Gronk caught two touchdowns, and Antonio Brown caught a touchdown, and Leonard Fournette. So, like, actually, everybody all the who scored, everybody who scored a point for the Bucks last night. So, not the exact same personnel, but for example, say like, yeah, you have Gronk, but you also lose a guy like OJ Howard who tours, I think, Achilles like week three, and you know, it's so it's not it's not like it's not like they brought Brady in and like assembled this super team around him the team was exist the team was a seven and nine team last year with Jamin winston Jameis winston yeah and, and and i think what the interesting thing was i mean going back to last year's buccaneers team we all kind of i think everybody kind of saw them as like they're a good team and i think a few years back they um barely missed the playoffs at 10 and 6 so like they were a good team and then obviously you bring brady and then you bring in antonio brown who wants to play with him and you bring in Gronk, who again didn't do much all year in terms in terms of being a pass catcher, but you brought the culture, and that's why we're sitting here talking about the Bucks today. Yeah, you saw Danny Amendola during Super Bowl week. He came out and said that the Tom Brady is the Patriots' way, and that's why the Bucks are playing in the Super Bowl, and the and the Patriots aren't. You know, there's the I well, I don't completely agree with that. There's definitely something to it that, that Brady absolutely took that culture and brought it down to Tampa Bay, and that's why they're Super Bowl champions. It's incredible. Uh, onto the Chiefs, man. Again, what what was that? I do want to. I do want to say. I don't know if we. So I, I, you know, we talked about the refs and stuff and Mahomes, again, you look at the stat sheet, he did not have a good game at all. He did absolutely everything absolutely. he could. He, he kept some plays. I mean, obviously you had the, the drop off Tyreek Hill's, Tyreek Hill's helmet in the first quarter. That was such an unbelievable escape and a throw. Obviously the one on fourth down where he literally oh, threw it in the first like, quarter while he was side, while he was body was completely sideways. He somehow still flicked an absolute dime. I think it was to Daryl Williams or something. He didn't catch it. Obviously we know that, yeah, that hit but, him in the moment as well. And uh, yeah, hit him in the home. Byron Pringle where he's, it was almost like it was, it wasn't grabbing. Uh, the one where Murphy bunting knocked it away in the first quarter. I think it Girl, was this is late in the game where Mahomes just like, 
was scrambling and just threw one up without looking into the back of the end zone and Pringle ended up dropping. He almost, it. yeah, the one where he tried to haul it in. With one By hand. the way, I was convinced from one of the camera angles when the other one showed it was a clear drop. I thought he caught that ball. At first, I did too. I was freaking out. I was like, that 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 would have surpassed any play that I've ever seen. Yeah, it really, it really, in real time, it really looked like he caught it, but then you saw the replay. It definitely yeah. ball was laying on the ground. He didn't catch it, but yeah, I, my my heart stopped a little bit on that one too. I was like, Byron Pringle did not just catch that ball in the Super Bowl, but I thought uh, I thought Elaire for the Chiefs was pretty good. I thought he ran the ball pretty strongly. Obviously, he only got nine carries. He only got nine carries, but he took it for sixty four yards. Uh, he kind of was setting the tone early for them, and especially at the start of the second half. He was looking really good, but you know, when you're down multiple scores, you can't win the game by running the ball. So, you know, Ty, obviously, Elaire didn't really get the all didn't get a ton of carries, but he made he made good with the carries he did get. He had nine for sixty four. So, and Mahomes was good with his legs too, especially in the first half. He ran around five hundred yards. Oh, yeah, he ran around five hundred yards. So he had to run around on every play. So, you know, when they're playing two safeties high to kind of bottle up Tyreek Hill, this hasn't – a single team has not come up with a solution to stop Tyreek Hill. And the only reason that the Bucks were able to do that was because they were able to generate so much pressure every play from their front four. And when you're able to do that, you can leave two safeties up high and keep Tyreek Hill bottled up, and you can still have Mahomes on the run. And, you know, it was just a brilliant – Todd Bowles completely abandoned the blitz, which they've been doing all season. I don't think they really blitzed at all yesterday. And Todd Bowles completely shifted the game plan, and hats off to him because that's probably the best defensive performance we've seen in a Super Bowl. I think that'd be fair to say. Yeah, and I, and I think what um probably what he saw or he thought is, okay, we can exploit that offensive line – as long as we don't get the let these guys, these speedsters, these Robinsons and Hills and even Hardmans and Pringles and you, um, <laughs> you're you're not going to be able to get develop anything downfield because we're going to bully you up front. And there's an old saying: the game is won in the trenches. Absolutely, last night. I mean, T- Todd Bowles more than there. These are another narrative. There are two coordinators that could have, maybe, should have gotten a job. Uh, Bulls, you could say. I, I don't know about Leftwich, but Bulls has head coaching experience. Oh, no, I, I, was, I was talking the enemy versus um Bulls. You know, oh, okay, okay. One of them <laughs> like clearly outcoached the other last night. So, yeah. and Todd Bulls wasn't. Re- I mean, the Bucks had a good defense during the season, but obviously it wasn't as dominant as it was during the playoffs. So Todd Bulls kind of missed the boat on that head coach hiring, uh, oh, like well, that he, whole cycle. He got, he's, he got an interview. Billy. I actually didn't know that Philly interviewed him, but Philly interviewed yeah. everybody. Bulls, assuming they don't completely flop on defense next year, Bulls is probably going to be at the top of the list in terms of uh, head coach openings. Has to be absolutely. So I, I don't know who else would be. And here, here, here's a little. Uh, I'll, I'll leave a prediction for you uh, on Todd Bulls. How about if the Vikings struggle next year? Mike Zimmer is gone. Uh, I like that fit, Todd Bulls. I do too. Minnesota. I do too. Uh, so that was just the first one that popped in my head. Nothing, nothing uh, to that report as of now. But yeah, keeping it with the Chiefs, Kelsey was great. He had 10 catches for 133 yards. Uh, it kind of seemed like every time, if they weren't running the ball, it kind of seemed like every time they were moving it through the air, it was going to Travis Kelsey. And really, that was the case. I mean, Tyreek, 
like like we said, you know, they contained him a little bit. He still had seven catches for 73 yards, but even that was pretty quiet. It did, no no one had, like, I guess Kelsey you could say, but just there was no one on that Chiefs offense who, like, really stood out last night. Yeah, no. I I, I guess Kelsey did have a, have a couple um quick receptions, but no. He had, ten, he had ten catches, which, I mean, I guess makes sense when you consider the fact that their, their offense was slow all night. Mahomes threw it 49 times. He completed it 26, 270 touchdown. Okay, so picks, obviously. No. I had the Mahomes completions, so I was tracking that all night. He had, I think, 13 or 15 going into the fourth. So those were mostly garbage time. So a bunch of dump-offs in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's why you see Daryl Williams had two catches. The game was really exciting for me till the end because he needed two more completions, and then he threw a pick, and I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> I mean – other than that, for the Chiefs, they they weren't they weren't good on defense, but they weren't. I mean, they weren't they weren't terrible. But hold on, this was the worst. This is the worst, obviously, on the biggest stage. This is the worst we've seen the Chiefs at all since it, Mahomes. since Mahomes has taken over. Yeah, can uh, you relax? Is it really true that this is the first time they've lost by double digits with Mahomes? I heard that today, and I was I like, believe it. That be true. I believe it. I believe it. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm, I love the game, and I know a lot about that. I don't, I don't have the Chiefs box scores ahead of me, but I believe it. And if someone, if someone said that to me, I'd believe it. But again, people need to relax. There's people. One, the whole, I don't think Mahomes is in the goat conversation anymore. This is his third year in the league, starting. He's been to an AFC championship at least in every single one. I'm not, I'm not saying he might be the greatest of all time. Let's stop even con- considering that. He's 25. Relax. Yeah, I don't know why that, that – I mean, obviously it was Brady against – trying to get headlines. Yeah, media needs something to talk about during Super Bowl week. But, like, it, it, even if the Chiefs had won this game, it was it was ridiculous right now. Like, sure, you could say if the Chiefs had won this game, maybe that puts Mahomes on the right path. But, like, again, third year in the league, yes, he was going for his second Super Bowl, but – you know, at the same time, I'll tell you one thing right now, he's not passing Brady. <laughs> I mean, he's going to win seven more. In terms of Super Bowl, sure. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but but again, to me, I, I think I've mentioned this. There's a very different, very big difference between the best of all time and the greatest of all time. Um, we could easily see Patrick Mahomes, you know, transcend an Aaron Rodgers. You make the argument he already is. Um, yeah, yeah. So. But no one will ever be greater than Tom Brady, unless unless someone someone wins eight. I'll tell you what, if someone's going to be greater than Tom Brady, they're not born yet. They're not walking this earth yet. Yeah, you could say Patrick Mahomes still could be. Maybe, but even like he's got. I think Brady's going to retire. I, I really, I really do think they're going to win again next year. Uh, like if I were betting on it right now, I would be betting on the Bucks. But I he think retires. I think they're going to win in two years. Weird prediction. Uh, we'll see what happens because you know he only signed a deal. Obviously, you know if they have another good year and then don't win the Super Bowl next year, I think Brady will come back for his age forty-five season. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I said on the show earlier that I think he's going to play five more seasons. I think we have two more after this. I will. I two watched, more, including uh, two more, two more like next year, and then one more. Yeah. That's that's my okay. Yeah. Through age forty-five, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, 
I don't think he's retiring after next year, whether they win or lose. It'd be tough. I mean, if they win again next year, yeah, I mean, I don't it, – it's so hard for me to – looking at it both ways, yeah, he's always been a guy who said, when I suck, I'll retire. But, like, if he could just sign a two-year deal in Tampa Bay, win two Super Bowls, and then and then retire, it'd be a pretty sweet deal for him. I mean, but, again, at the same time, I don't ever want to see a day where Tom Brady is terrible, like kind of looking like Drew Brees was this so. year, looking like Peyton Manning was looking in 2015. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll get to that point. And barring injury, but I I don't know why he would come back for another year, even if they win, even if they win. But he probably will. You're probably right. I don't, I, I why stop? Why stop? <laughs> Go for ten. Go for ten. Imagine that that at that point, and I'm a big Brady fan. At that point, it's like, all right, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think even 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 Tom Brady fans at that point would just be like. We I, I we've had enough. It's just mean at this point. Yeah, mean to the rest of the league. But um, yeah, he's not going anywhere. At least now, he'll definitely be back next year, and they'll they'll definitely have a great chance next year. And keeping it with the game because we mentioned it a little bit, but didn't really get fully into it. Obviously, we think the Bucks defense was the MVP of last night as a whole. I mean. What an amazing defensive performance. Yeah. I mean, that was, again, the MVP was the Bucks defense, without a doubt. And I, 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 I had never seen anything like that. I mean, and, and all the times where, where one team so outmatches another team when you're going into a game, still has never looked like that. Where it was just every damn play. There was nothing going. And if you had some protection, if you had some protection, Everyone was covered downfield. It was I, – I really can't even think of the words to, to describe how great the Bucks were on defense yesterday. Obviously, like we said, they were definitely one of the best – one of the better, if not one of the best defenses in the league throughout the season, but they were never dominant like this, and this is the Chiefs we're talking about. So, man. Yeah. I don't know. And, like – on offense, I mean, they just did what they needed to do, especially in the first half. Like, they, I think they were probably pretty confident that we scored 30 in this game, we're probably going to win because I think they had supreme confidence so, in their defense. So, um, I'm pretty sure going into the second half that one of the sideline reporters said, as long as we get, if we get 40, Bruce Arian said, if we get 40, we're going to win this game. Yeah, and they obviously they didn't need anywhere near 40 to win this yeah. game. But three field goals from the Chiefs, one in the first, one in the second, one in the third, and then obviously nothing in the fourth. We just haven't seen it uh, from – and probably a lot of the AFC is, is salivating at the thought that maybe Patrick Mahomes could be human. But yeah. it's going to take uh, – it's yeah, going to take something, something whole, serious. I, I think it's just like – it's ridiculous. Like you got Stephen A. Smith's like t- saying that Patrick Mahomes, you know, isn't the – relax. The kid's 25. He still did everything that he could possibly, you know, do in this game. And, you know, just relax. Just everybody's got to take a chill pill with that. And um, yeah, I think you'd, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to pick against the Chiefs to be back in this game next year. 
Yeah, I mean, unless one of those AFC teams like really makes that leap. I mean, like a like a Buffalo or even like a Cleveland, if they make if they make an even bigger step next year, you could, Both you could see it. Sure, I'd like to. I mean, I don't think they'll be competing for the AFC next year, but I would like to see the Patriots back in the playoffs with a full off season and money to spend for the first time in 20 years. I don't think they're really a challenger to Kansas city, depending on what we do at quarterback. We'll see, but yeah, I mean, Chiefs are probably going to be back here next year. I, I I'd be pretty yeah, comfortable you, saying you that. Bring up new England. I think you're, uh, you're a few pegs down on that list. of potential. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes without saying I'm, I'm a little bit delusional, but I do think Belichick could, almost fix everything in one off season with this now, how great money. would that be how great would that be if that, a, a, a patriot can you imagine patriots bucks next year no, in the Super not Bowl? even not even that just because everybody's been like oh it's, it, it, it was all britain i think we're the same in this um standpoint that the 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 the, the, the um patriots dynasty was equal parts belichick and brady yep. i i fully believe that but everybody's saying, oh, Brady won the breakup. Oh, look, Bills, Bills, you know, nothing without Tom. What if he comes back next year and says, yeah, shove it? Yeah, 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 guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the Super Bowl, I think. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that would just be the best story in sports history if somehow the Patriots made it back next year and took on the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Like I said, we do get to play them in the regular season in New England next year. What a weird day that is going to be. I think that there – I was trying to say this. There needs to be fans for that game. There needs to be fans for that game. God, don't even get me started, man. If there's not fans by the net, like we won't get it. We won't get into oh. this whole thing. This is going to take it. This is going to take us down a road that doesn't need to be on this podcast. But let's hope there there are damn fans let's by next year. But we'll see what we'll see. I'm I'm a little dubious of whether there actually will be or not. But well, we'll see. the problem I think with that is, um, you know, New England's restrictions are very different than like Florida's restrictions. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean. Hope, hopefully things will be back hopefully to normal by then. vaccinated and, you know, we can go watch football in person. We do need to address it. Um, this was the last football game of the season. It was the last football game of the season. It's terribly sad. But before before we talk about how sad we are about there being no football, we do have let's, – let's give the NFL some props. They put on a full season in 2020. So. They put on a show last I mean, night. They, I mean – There wasn't – by the way, it looked uh, – I know there are a lot of fan cutouts, but, like, when they would show, like, full views of – 25,000. It looked uh, – I mean, with the – I don't know why other stadiums haven't thought of this, but with the cardboard cutouts, like, as the social distancing between fans, it looked like a full stadium of fans on TV. It looked pretty damn cool. You, you, you know, um, a little joke that I thought of in my head, but I haven't told anybody because it's an inside joke. Not even an inside joke. It's something my dad always says. I know you're listening, Dad. Um, he always says when there aren't a lot of fans in the stands that there are a lot of uh, fans dressed as empty seats. And I thought, wow, there are a lot of empty seats dressed as fans today. So, <laughs> little little dad joke for you. Dad joke for you. Uh, but I'm actually looking at the numbers now. There were 24,835 fans in attendance. And the capacity of Raymond James Stadium is 65,618. So you're looking at roughly more than a third. You're looking at yeah. like – I'm not a mathematician, but probably like around. 40. I mean, to be, to be fair, like seven thousand of those fans were vaccinated healthcare workers. But yeah, I mean, it was it was really good to see. It was good to see like a a normal uh, norm. It, this was the first like normal looking sporting event I thought in a really long time. 
but it, or at least the most at least the most normal look how expensive are cardboard cutouts that you can't just like have them there in like metlife stadium when like a giants game just looks super empty i'm not i'm just i'm really i'm bringing up the giants out of nowhere i just that's our home stadium that's near it's us more, it, it's probably it's probably more so the labor of putting them all up than it is the cost of the cutouts themselves but but I mean, yeah, I, it, it did look cool um pinning out um the Super Bowl is more than just football, so we could, you know, a- 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 any pop culture notes that uh stuck with you, or did, I mean, this is the I mean, first the halftime, halftime show that I've watched in like ten years. Since yeah, the halftime show was pretty cool, I guess. Um, I, I like the weekends. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have any major, uh, major controversial thoughts on that one. It was weird at the end with like the face mask people. Yeah, that's the only thing I was gonna say. But I also noticed. Um, Somewhere midway through it. Again, I haven't watched a halftime show since I believe Bruce Springsteen in Super Bowl 43, unless The Who was before then. I, 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 I'm usually halftime's the time where I like get up, stretch, go for a walk, you know, like do something. But where I was, it was just there and I had nothing to do. So I watched it. Um, I thought it was interesting that usually like they bring this whole stage to the field and obviously they have like a concert with the fans around it. But yeah. this was like they had a stage like, away from the field. I thought that was pretty interesting. But then they came to the field with the whole, like, people wearing, like, you know, like, mummy masks. I don't know. That was weird. It, it was different. It, I, I'm never – I'm not a fan of Super – the only thing good about Super Bowl halftime, in my opinion at least, is the fact that it's the one halftime where you actually have time to, like, go outside and do something really quick. No, I completely disagree. Screw that. I want, I, I want the halftime to be five minutes. I want to pee. I want to come back, and I want to watch more football. Not Here's the thing. I, th- I think I've made this observation to you watching football before because NFL halftime every game but the Super Bowl is 12 minutes. So those 12 minutes can either be the slowest thing ever if you don't get up from your couch and you're just sitting there waiting for the game to come back, or if you go and try to go do something real quick, it's going to be the fastest thing ever and you're going to get back on the couch and you will have already missed two drives. So. So it's the same twelve thing. minutes is uh, twelve minutes is a good amount of time. Yeah, I don't I don't like uh, <laughs> distractions from the football. I guess I'm a football purist, but I don't really I've always liked that. commercials. I don't I don't mind Super Bowl commercials. They don't they commercials don't are fine. They've got they've they've gotten less funny over the years. They were okay last night though. There there were a few uh, good ones last night. Not, nothing off the top of my head to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I don't. Really I agree with that take. Where I, I remember the first few Super Bowls I watched, like they were like some really like. Like the guy, but I guess they were like new. Like the Geico commercials were great, and like the uh, career builder uh, monkey was great, and uh, all that stuff. And now, without, without getting too much into the into the politics of it, the uh, the commercials have also gotten significantly less uh, less offensive over the years. So I'll yeah, put it that. That's true. That. That, that's very yeah. true. So less less for people to be upset about, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the game itself was. In a word, I guess you could say boring if you were just like yeah, okay. Player. And another thing I completely disagree with you about everybody that w- that I was with. I mean, people. So you watch Super Bowl, you got to prepare to watch the game. When I watched, and I wasn't bored. I'm not saying I was bored. No. I'm saying like the Super Bowl is the biggest event of the year, and people who aren't football fans every year, millions and millions and millions of them watch it. They probably would have rather seen a close game than a 31 okay, to nine. Yeah, but uh, again, kind of to what I was saying. You're, you got to prepare to be with the guys that are watching every Sunday and the guys that watch – or the girls that watch one time a year, and it's this game. And they're like – It's, such it's a funny sport. you bring that up because, yeah, I, I avoided the big Super Bowl party. I went to my friend's house where there were only like five people there, 
and it was it was very low key, and I was able to just sit there watch the game and not have to hear stupid, frustrating questions from people who don't watch football all year. So I did that on purpose, actually. But yeah, you definitely need to be ready for that if you're like a big football fan on Super Bowl. I was somewhere in the middle, so where I was supposed to go it was like just like a lot of people, and I don't want that. I don't I don't like Super Bowl parties. I want to again. I, I want watch, Super Bowl parties. I want to watch it with five. <laughs> I mean, like obviously the Patriots. I haven't played the last two years and probably won't for a while, but there was nothing worse if someone would be like, Hey man, like Patriots are playing the Super Bowl. You want to come to the Super Bowl party that we're having? No, I don't want to come to your Super Bowl party. I want to come to my couch and watch the damn game. Like that. I mean, the the thought of wanting to go to a Super Bowl party if your team is playing, unless it's like all fans of that team and like are all equal levels of fandom as you, like I like, no, I'm not coming to your Super Bowl party. But again, so you're in a room with all these people that may or may not watch every Sunday. And you're like, wow, what another boring Super Bowl. It's been boring, you know, like two out of the last five years. So like, yeah. No, but whatever. It's, it's like when you ask me if that was a boring game, absolutely not. That was like, in, in a different sense, extremely exciting. It was something that I could never even fathom. I was shocked that my jaw was to the floor. I had to pick it up this morning. I, 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 I couldn't even fathom if you asked me to do like 50 different simulations of this game, that wasn't going to be it. That was, in, I was entertained the entire, and you also thought the chiefs until it was 28 to nine and they couldn't score on that next drive. They always had a shot, right? Like the yeah, game, I, I mean, uh, until Fournette scored at the end, I, not at the end, I guess that was like probably late. I, in the third. To nine. I still thought the game was, I looked at who was playing for the winning team, and I was like, "Well, they they've came, they came down from twenty five. That was only nineteen points. That's a three score game." Yeah. So, I don't know. Football's keep, over. I'm bummed. Yeah, football's over. Football is Weird. over, and um, I there's like some hockey on tonight, <laughs> like. I mean, I, I, I've been saying it for a couple weeks, like over the past year or so specifically, I like, obviously, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. I love the Bruins. Obviously, I love college football. I like basketball. I like baseball. Uh, and I, I mean, Red Sox, Celtics, kind of. But like in the past year, like football in college football, too, but NFL especially has really just started to soar so high above every other sport for me. And the thought of wow, there's no more football to watch. Guess it's time to turn on hockey. Yeah, it's cool, but, like, man. Yeah, I, I think that happens with, with like, every peop, every person once they, like, grow older and older. When we're young. Yeah, I, I can't I can't be as emotionally invested in six different sports as I am in right. football. Right. When, when we're 11 years old, I'm like, yeah. I can't wait for him. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and now it kind of tapers down into, for me personally, I still love all, and, and you do as well, I still love all sports, but – like, like, yeah, I, I love hockey and I'm going to watch, you know, every Flyers game. And like, I've been watching a lot of the Oilers, by the way, if you want to get into hockey, watch them play lots of scoring. Um, but it, it, it ain't football and it ain't the NFL. It's just, there's just nothing else that comes close. And year after year, I'm starting to realize it more and more and more. Obviously, like college football is right up there with the NFL for me as an Alabama student. I can understand for you if it's, if it's, if the NFL soars way high above NFL college football, which obviously it should. But, and NFL, like if I'm being completely honest, maybe my people at Alabama would kill me for this, but NFL is better than college football. Just well, yeah, of course. <laughs> And college football might be more exciting within the game, but this is a conversation for a completely yeah. different day. College football is, by the way, that's 
it's a nice little segue, a conversation for another day, because we're going to be getting into this probably exact conversation and a million other different hypothetical conversations. Cause we got a whole off season of content to fill here. So yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to be looking at, we're going to try to keep doing like a weekly format. Uh, and you know, there won't be maybe on Sunday, but there won't probably be a firm set day. Uh, we're just going to kind of, as news comes in, cover it and see what we need to do. But, so there's yeah. also an aspect of us getting way more creative with this where we can kind of talk about some of our favorite memories, some of our favorite things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm excited about well, that aspect of it, as well as this will be a way for both of us to reconvene our football thoughts of the week and stay as football as we can stay. Well, Won't be any football to watch, but I guess there will be plenty to talk about. Yeah. Unfortunate. There's always something to talk about. I mean, we are – the season yeah, just started, so we have the Super Bowl aftermath, which is going to last a few days. Then I'm sure someone, please don't be Carson Wentz, will get traded in a couple of days, and then that'll happen. By the way, Carson Wentz is gone, and I, I'm I'm fully accepting it, and I'm really, really, really upset about it. That's and if you get two first round picks like the Lions got for Stafford, you can't be upset. I know, I know, I know, I, I know I you don't think it's enough. the right move. I mean, we also have to draft well. The Eagles are, this is a, oh my God. The Eagles cannot draft. So what are we getting first round picks for? Let's ride the ship. But anyway, anyway, something will happen then. And then I don't actually think, I don't actually think they're going to get two first round picks, but no, we're not, we're, we're, we're going to get a crappy deal. Apparently we're going to bring back Foles, which again, love Nick Foles, but that means you're just trading contracts and that one's going to expire sooner. Hell no. To me. I mean, not like you'd be trading for Foles to be your starter. Exactly. Right? We're trading to Foles for Foles to eat his contract for two years instead of four. I, I, would, I would think the Bears probably would have to take on a big percentage of that. You know what? I think the Jags I, do have a decent percentage. I, I think the Jags are probably paying most of it already anyway. So, cause, either, yeah, because Foles went to the Bears for nothing. But either way, I mean. That'll happen. Other trades will happen. Get the draft coming around the corner after that. Yeah, we're definitely pro- we're t- we're probably gonna have multiple episodes where all we talk about is the draft after the off season because that that's the one where there's just so much to talk about. Yeah, um, I'm excited for it. We, we have a good pick. We have 15. It's the highest pick we've had in a long time, so that's something to be excited about. But we've actually had man. three top 10 picks in the past decade. Now that I think about it, since we traded it for Wentz, but. Any any closing thoughts on this NFL season? I thought it was a great great season of football. It was. I mean, look, listen. I've, I've said it on this show. This was the first year that the Patriots have been non-competitive in a really long time, and I still had just as much, if not more, fun watching NFL football this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a blast. Um, I think, and this was kind of voided before when we watched pandemic basketball and pandemic baseball that. Oh, is it going to be the same? Well, it's the game's the same. I think the NFL did a really good job of kind of – I didn't notice. Yeah, I mean, I we think – Obviously, I noticed, but – Part it, of that is probably because we were so football-starved and wanting to watch football. But, like, yeah, there wasn't, like – besides, besides, like, a pan around the stadium of the empty crowd, there was never, like – a. There was nothing like too weird about this NFL season, COVID-wise. It was, you know, they did an awesome job. They they put on a season and they crowned a Super Bowl champion. So, and they played sixteen games. So, at the end of the day, no teams missed a game. 
No team. No team missed, no, there was not a single game canceled outright, right? I mean, Every I, game was made up. It could have been. I mean, like, we can go back. There and definitely could have been. When we had games being played on Wednesday and stuff, it was starting to get a little bit shaky. But, yeah, I mean – I think every game that was scheduled was played. So that's really something and to be said. we kind of talked about this um, earlier on. I think that there's um, how we were saying, oh, there better be fans, et cetera, et cetera. I was having a conversation with a friend here at school the other day. And it's like, at some point, athletes are going to be kind of the next people after, you know, you get essential workers and old people and people at risk. We want to put on a show. We and Entertainment's important. We're going to get athletes vaccinated Pretty quickly, I think. I yeah, think- but I think for, for the fan vote, I, I don't think it's as important for them to get vaccinated as it is, like, you know, if you're trying to fill a stadium of fans. You well, know? All I'm saying is you're not going to have to, you know, games are not going to be pushed and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. In the same breath, we can expect Americans and et cetera to get vaccinated as well. I think we're sitting February 8th. Season will probably start September 10th or something like that. I think we might, be, we might be looking at a different world then. So uh, got six months. I mean, it's it's nice to look at it optimistically. That's not how math works. That's seven. Yeah, over six months. Sorry, <laughs> so it's six months till the preseason. If there is a preseason this year, that's uh, that's that's the one thing we didn't get. We didn't get the glory that is the NFL preseason. This Good. Season. I hate the preseason. You wouldn't even want a two game preseason. I want to. Well, okay, okay, yeah. I want a two game preseason, but yeah. four game. I I think after this year. And not have I think they might do away with the preseason altogether. Maybe one game. I well, they have inter squad practices. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It really depends. I don't know how much money the preseason uh, like generates for the league. I imagine it's not. But what I huge. can tell you as someone that does study sports marketing and management, etc., on top of um, you know, film and stuff, uh, probably a lot. Probably a lot of, of, of game day of game day costs. I mean, dude, you got part. You, I mean, I know you're you're filling half a stadium. You got still got parking. You still got concessions. You still got et cetera. And game day, you know, revenue is like a lot of what a team makes. So I think teams yeah. are going to be pushing to at least have one home preseason game, especially that they a lot of teams in the you know northeast. Yeah, and, I, I think a two game preseason is what you're going to see. One home game, one away game, which is fine. Yeah, and and, fan, and I'm guarantee you, like owners are not going to like that. They're going to want more because they want to, you know, have as much re- revenue that they can juice into that stadium as they can get. So they might fight that. That's generally uh, how it goes. I mean, you, you have the entire pl- league of players that that hates the preseason, so I don't think it'll end up mattering. But you're probably right; they'll put up a fight about it. Um, other than that, I don't really have any other thoughts. Uh, we're going to be coming to you guys probably in the next. Sometime over the next week or so, uh, maybe two weeks, depending on. We'll see. Well, well, it's really going to depend on on how quickly the NFL news cycle develops over the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep an eye on that. And obviously, we'll record if there's content what do you to record. Think the next domino to fall is Carson Wentz. I, I do too. So. Um, I'm going to be really, really sad. It has to be Carson Wentz. Um, as unfortunate as that may be for you, I think the Vikings said they're not trading Kirk Cousins. I saw something this morning. That uh, the uh, Raiders aren't looking, aren't even yeah, taking calls on Derek Carr. By the way, something we didn't mention on the last show in the QB carousel said the dream scenario for the Patriots could be Wentz. I would really like, and this is a hot rumor. I'm not just making this up. I would like a Marcus Mar- Mariota trade to New England. I would like that a lot. Yeah, well, uh, you know, he played really well in that Thursday night football game he got into against the Chargers. 
And, you know, obviously there's something still there. He can move. Obviously. I mean, he won't be, che- he will not be expensive at all to trade for. That's probably like a second or third rounder you're looking at there. So I would really like that a lot. Marcus Mariota in 2021 is way over if you ask me. And I think he's a good player, but I I think his value is probably lower than that. I think he'd probably get a third. Which fine by me if we can. Uh, I would love I would love that move and then draft the guy, but we'll see. Other than that, I think that's about all we got. Uh, like I said, depending on how the news cycle develops, we'll probably be coming at you guys in the next week or two. Episode yep. TB12. <laughs> yeah. Peace.